today, we're going to be talking about what fasting is for, how we do it, and, you know, are there any wrong ways to fast, and are there any tools that we can use to help us while we're fasting, and, you know, just what is the, what's the outcome, the desired outcome of fasting biblically and not for weight loss. So we're going to be talking about some of those things today with my friend Amy that's here um, today. Amy is the author of the brand new book. She just released this book. It's called Into the Deep. It's a 21 days of prayer and fasting contending for the promise and stepping into God's call. And that's really important right now, Amy. So thank you for writing that um, book and just sharing it and getting it out into the world. And I know it's something that God placed on your heart and you were like, I don't know if I should win and all the things, but now is the time. And I, and I really believe that that's a, a word from the Lord that I've heard from different prophets going into 2024 is that God is when we're when we're asking him when and how and all this stuff the the timing is now like when do you want me to do this God now when should I start the ministry now when do I call that person now like this is the now year and so I don't think we have any room for playing around and so I'm very thankful that you just stepped out in this and and wrote this book and I believe just a, a very pivotal and important time um, as we're going into 2024 a lot of us are fasting a lot of us are thinking about fasting maybe even corporately with our churches and now listen I'm not talking about fasting like food for weight loss. I'm talking about, I'm not like intermittent fasting and all that kind of stuff. I'm talking about fasting for the purpose of growing closer to God. And I just did an episode for you guys last week where I was talking about that, just going into the new year and the fast, the type of fast that I'm doing, um, you know, and just getting your mindset right about fasting. But we're going to dive into that a little bit deeper today as we just have this conversation. So Amy, thank you so much for being here today and just sharing um, your heart and talking with me, having a conversation about the topic of fasting uh, for spiritual growth. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. I'm yeah. happy to be here. Excited. Yeah. Well, would you just um, start by just sharing briefly a little bit about yourself and why you chose to write um, this book into the deep? It's a 21 day um, fasting and prayer book. Absolutely. Yeah. My name is Amy Wadlington and I am a life and health coach. And that actually, um, the reason that I am a life and health coach is because of a season of fasting and praying. Um, back in 2020, like so many people, <laughs> I was laid off from my 15 year career. Uh, my job was marketing small businesses, uh, mom and pop type shops to medium sized businesses. And when every business in America shuts down, they don't do a lot of marketing. Yeah. <laughs> and so I was laid off from my job. Um, and I, for the first time, I've been laid off before uh, in history. I'm a single mom and fear always has historically taken over. Um, but this time when I was on the call, they did it with a, on a zoom call because the world was shut down. So we were in a zoom meeting and I was just thinking how exciting God is about to do something really cool because I, I got to a point in my um, spiritual life that I knew that if God allowed something to happen, that it's because he was in it and was going to get into it. And so I was excited. I had this anticipation of him about to do something really cool. Um, and that was exciting. And so I decided to do a fast and prayer because I didn't know what to do. I didn't know what was next. Uh, 
I knew that it was time for change. He had been stirring in my heart to leave that job for quite some time, but I didn't leave out of fear uh, for a long time. I didn't, uh, I didn't have the guts to do it. And so I was forced out of it <laughs> at that point. Um, and so I did a season of fasting and praying. And ironically, I was uh, fasting Facebook. I removed the app off of my phone. Uh, and then he said he wanted me to write down what I was praying about every single day in my Facebook group. <laughs> and so I was like, okay, how do I fast Facebook, yeah. but still get onto Facebook every day? And so um, I made a way to do it because I was just obeying what he was asking me to do. And so I just went in and was uh, just kind of going through my thoughts on what I was praying every day. And uh, during that time, and he led me to going back to school to become a life and health coach. Um, I didn't know what coaching was in 2020. I, I feel like that's probably a very naive thing to say. Um, <laughs> I had never heard of a life coach. I didn't know that was a thing. Wow. It was actually a non-believer who spoke that into my life. Um, she said, you need to be a life coach. And I was like, what's a life coach? And then I started <laughs> digging into it. <laughs> and yeah. I was like, oh, this is kind of my thing. You know, mm -hmm. I, I had historically, I'd taken all of those uh, tests, personality tests and everything. And they all said um, that I should be a counselor. And that was never really, yeah. I, I've gone through a lot of trauma myself and I've uh, had a child with childhood uh, PTSD. And I really didn't think that counseling was my thing because I want to help people on the other end of the trauma, not going back and healing from the trauma. It's a little, there's, there's a little bit of a difference between counseling and uh, coaching and coaching is moving forward. And I was like, wow, that's really exactly what I want to do. Um, and then a couple months after I had completed the fast, started back to school and I was getting my uh, certification in um, coaching, God told me to take what I had written on Facebook and turn it into a book. And I was like, okay, you know, yeah. I can do that. And so I was on this retreat and uh, told everybody there, I wrote a book. <laughs> I was so excited. And this was in uh, November of 2021, I believe. Mm -hmm. And uh, then everything that could have come against me between that time and when I got this book published a couple of weeks ago, December of 2023, everything that could come against me came against me. Yeah. Um, and so there was a lot of fear. There was a lot of delay. There was a lot of um, spiritual attacks. Everything that could come against me came against me, but um, I just kept pushing. And one of the things that I talk about in this book is contending for the promise. And that means to fight. You fight for it and you have to stand Um when God says that something is going to happen, you stand in faith that it's going to happen. And that's what I did. Um, even when the waves of life, and that's kind of the, the theme of the book is getting into the deepest God, the waves of life were just hitting me over and over and over again. And the retreat that I was on happened to be in Florida on the beach. I'm a Colorado mountain, Rocky mountain girl. And God has always spoke to me through the mountains and this time he started speaking to me about the ocean. And, um, and he said to me when I was sitting on the beach praying one day, um, 
that if I want to stop getting beat down by the waves that were hitting me, that he could be found in the deep. And I was just thinking when I was sitting there, how mysterious and uh, big and unknown, this unknown territory, you know, we've explored space more than we've explored the depths of the ocean. And I feel like that is uh, really kind of where God wants us is he wants us exploring him and getting closer to him. Um, And so that's what came about with this book. Um, And so it's got an ocean theme, um, just to remind us that he wants, he's calling us into the deep uh, because that's where he's found. Yeah, that's so great, Amy. I love that. I love what you're saying because our stories correlate um, similarly in 2020. God did the same thing to me, like booted me out of a position at a a fairly large church that I worked at for 10 years, a whole decade of my life. I thought, you know, I'm going to always be here. But three years prior, I had felt that moving on, feeling that shifting going on inside. And I was like, no, this is all I know. There's nothing else out there in life, but this. And, um, and then he started to show me how it was actually hindering my growth and my process and my progress. And there was nothing wrong with working for that church. I loved every bit of it, but it was just time for a new season. And I learned so much and I, and I'm so thankful for that season, but God just pushed me out in the same way in 2020 and said, it's time for something new. And you're going to start relying on me as your source, uh, instead of these, you know, four walls that, that I had relied on as my source for so long. So I love that you shared that because that's pretty interesting how God does that in our lives, um, pushes us out from where we are to where he wants us to be. And he doesn't always do it like that. You know, I, I mean, I've met a lot of people that are like, well, if God would just push me out, I wouldn't be so thankful. (laughs) But we do have to take those steps sometimes, you know, um, also. So it is nice when he does do the little boot for us. And we're like, ouch, like at first it's not nice. We're like, Ooh, I don't know about that. But I think I was listening to a uh, podcast. I really enjoy um, a podcast by Studio. It's called Studio Church in Greenville, South Carolina. And he was talking yesterday on this. It was a re-aired podcast that I had actually heard earlier in the year, and they re-aired it at the beginning of of January just to remind people um, about our gift of choice and how we have been given the gift of choice, but many of us don't want the gift of choice when we want God to tell us, what do you want me to do, God? What am I supposed to be doing? And I've been in this season of feeling that over the last probably year of my life where I'm like, I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing, God. I don't know what you what you want me to do. There's something in there that's just, it's almost like it's like pushing and it's painful, like labor. And I feel like I'm birthing something, but I don't know if it's a boy or girl or twins or six of them in there. Or like, I don't even know. Like, <laughs> something's wrong. And it just feels, it feels so weird, but I'm like, I'm tired of pushing God. I need to know where, where am I going? You know, what, what's going to be the next. And he, he was talking on this podcast about, you know, making those decisions. And so if you want to go listen, it's just called studio and it's a, it's a great podcast. It was the very first one they put out this year, just as a re-air, but he, um, he was just talking about the the God on mute, basically, like when God's not speaking, what do you do? And so that is why I began fasting this year. I fast periodically throughout the year, and I'm not one of those people who hold up a banner and say, I'm fasting, I'm fasting. Um, I don't think that that's right. It's not biblical to do that either. But I do think it's important to be able to talk about what you're experiencing during your fast, like what you did when you wrote 
you know, that's really incredibly smart um, to just do, well, do what God says. That's definitely smart. <laughs> yeah, definitely smart. But I think that um, in August of 2023, I, I started a fast for, I did it for seven days and then I felt the Lord prompt me to extend it longer. So I did uh, for a few more days. And there was such breakthrough in that, but there was also great warfare attached to it on the back end. So even though there was this great breakthrough, and that's usually how warfare happens, it's either right before a victory or right after a victory. There's this intense battle, you know, prior and and after. And so in that instance, it was a, an intense battle directly after. I mean, a, an attack on my body, an attack on my mind, an attack on so many different areas financially and all the things. And I just pushed through and I was like, God, I know that there's something in this. And then in doing that, he started showing me the next and how, you know, who I'm supposed to be sharing with online, who I'm supposed to be talking to in the streets, who I'm supposed to be ministering to and sharing encouragement and coaching. Like, you you know, you said coaching, I was in the same boat, but fasting is an eye opener. Um, not just to what we should be doing, I think, but fasting is also just a, an incredible way, um, of, of just coming before the Lord with no um, desired outcome. We're just coming before him and saying, God, if you give me no answers for what I'm supposed to be doing, I'm going to get closer to you in this process. And I, and I'm anticipating that. Like if you anticipate yeah. anything, just anticipate mm -hmm. that. So as I came into 2024, I thought I've got to hear from you, Lord, I need to know what the next is. And then he just quickly revealed to me within the first day yesterday or the day before yesterday was my first day. Yeah. I've been fasting two days now, um, as this recording date and, uh, and he revealed things to me very quickly. And then yesterday was the spiritual attack day, crazy day. And he started sharing new things with me and I'm not kidding you, Amy, I quit. I quit life yesterday. I mean, I quit. I quit everything. I was like, I told God, I'm not doing this anymore. I'm not getting on the internet and sharing your love and encouragement with another person. Here I am like today, right? <laughs> yesterday, I was like, I'm not doing this anymore ever again. And, I've been uh, there before. Yes. And it was just such a like, what in the world? Who are you type of moment? But I had to get, I had to like strip all this stuff off of me and like stand before him raw and real and vulnerable and say, this is too hard. I can't do this anymore. And, and it is hard, but the reason why it's hard or had been hard is because I was trying to move into the next season, um, of where he has me going in the same clothing that I, that was getting me where I was at in the last season. And I don't mean as in the verse where Paul is talking about stripping off the old, like we, we leave the old and put on the new. I'm not talking about that, that to that, in that context of the scripture, I'm talking about like in that podcast episode that I listened to through studio yesterday. He was talking about this too. He was saying, you cannot um, continue in your next season in the same, you know, modalities in the same clothing that you were wearing before you need to change, you need to, to put on a new outfit and, and move into the next season. And I thought that was really interesting, especially since I'm a girl and I like clothes and changing and all that stuff. So I thought that was really good, you know, but when I quit, I mean, I quit. And I, and I said, I just, I can't, like I, I've written a book, God, I started the podcast, I've done the YouTube channel, I've done it all. And I'm literally 
depleted. I have nothing else left in me. Like, it's just, I can't. And an hour later, I spent probably four hours, like y'all are getting some serious realness right now, but I spent about four hours, like in crazy amounts of tears, just crying out to the Lord, like sobbing, just deep, crazy, deep sorrow coming out of me. And, um, man, uh, and I'm a mental health transformational life coach. You can call me all kinds of different coaches, but I'm a counselor. <laughs> like, I know how to help other people, but I'm like, I can't even help myself. And I was just having this terrible moment of, this is awful. I quit. Like, have you ever been there? I just want to quit. Oh, yeah. Everything? Yeah, mm -hmm. for sure. Yeah. Like every and day. You know, <laughs> I know. One yeah. of the things, though, that God has showed me in the past is that when I get to that point, when I get to the end of myself is when he steps in. Yeah. And sometimes we're right. We can't do it because we try to do so many things on our own mm -hmm. power and in our own strength. And we just, we can't, we, and we're in a season right now where God is training us because there is going to become a time in the near future where we will fully have to rely on him and he will give us all of our strength and he will give us all of the wisdom that we need, the discernment that we need so that we know who to listen to and who not to listen to. We, we are in what my pastor has called a, um, the, the season of the, um, oh my goodness, it just went out of my head. <laughs> um, the, the season of where David is practicing with the bears and, you know, and he is, it's before he is before the giant that he has to practice. And we're in that season of training right now and getting to a point where we have to learn to do, um, uh, to rely completely on him. And so when you do feel like you've stripped down to yourself, then that's where exactly where God's like, okay, now I can work. <laughs> and that's so true because I'm not kidding you in an hour, an hour later, I had a text message on my Facebook messenger from a woman who has been following me on the internet. She said for a while, I was like, Hey, <laughs> and she sent me a message and it just simply invited me to come be a speaker at her women's retreat and, and wanted me to come in person and speak to that because she had um, resonated with my book, you know, behind enemy lies and had said she felt like the message was what her, you know, women's ministry needed to hear. And I was like, I quit God. Like, I'm not kidding. It was just in an hour. And I instantly, everything in me, as I was sharing this with my husband last night, I was like, I'm not doing this. Nope. And, and but I knew I knew not what I should do because I think should is like could with shame on it. It's not good. But I knew that I had the option to to say no, but I also felt like that was God saying, okay, now you're, you've quit doing all the things that you thought you should be doing, should, right? And it's time to start doing the things that I have for you to do. And I'm not necessarily saying that speaking and, you know, on a stage in front of a bunch of people is the thing he's going to have me to do, but Hey, I don't know. And I'm terrified of that, but I'm like, Hey, whatever, God, I really am the, I don't know, like the yes girl for God. Like I'm like, yes, God, <laughs> but I'm not at first. Like if you read my book, you'll know that. Like I was always like the, no, why would you ask me that? girl, like, no, <laughs> it was no first, but I've just learned obedience um, brings blessing and it's very important. So when we have those emotional, really emotional lows, and we start to strip ourselves of, of the things that are in the way of hearing from God, like when we're fasting, that's when I believe that God can move 
at such an incredible, in such an incredible way. And fasting is, it should be part of our Christian lifestyle. It should be part of what we do, just like we go to church and hopefully we pray regularly. Hopefully I know a lot of Christians that are like, I don't know, I don't pray. I'm like, "Mm, that's weird. (laughs) But I I understand there's seasons of feeling like you can't pray because of spiritual attack and stuff. I get that too. But, um, you know, just that there are, there are things we do as Christians we follow what the Bible tells us to do. We should at least follow, should. I mean, we definitely should actually follow what yes. the Bible says for blessing. <laughs> um, and, you know, that's the could without shame part of should. Okay. But, you know, just there are things that that God has given us to do for our benefit. That's the way I was trying to say it. It's for our benefit. It's not that we, mm-hmm. if we don't do it, we're condemned and we're bad Christians. It's just that it's for our benefit. And so one of those things is fasting. One of those things is is a regular schedule of fasting. Jesus fasted. Like the minute he got, you know, he was baptized and and the, the, all of heaven started singing and the clouds opened up and he heard, well done, I couldn't, you know, this is my son in whom I'm well pleased. I mean, and um, and he went out into the desert and he did what fasted for a whole lot longer than I plan on fasting ever in my life, probably. But um, you know, for for all those 40 days he was out in the desert being tempted, and the Holy Spirit let him out there. So this is important part of the Christian walk. And I think that fasting, uh, a lot of people I've spoken to dread fasting. They dread the idea of fasting. They're like, oh, my church is fasting, but I'm not fasting because I can't give up food or they feel shame because they're not fasting and they want to hide it. Like, oh, oh yeah, I'm fasting. Or like uh, if if somebody catches them eating, I've seen this because I've been in corporate fasts for a long time, like working for a church every December or every January, there would be a corporate fast and pastors would come in eating during the corporate fast and not like lead pastors. I never seen that, but like, just, you know, like other pastors, you know, care pastors or whatever pastors, they would come in and they'd be eating them and they look at everybody and they'd like instantly feel like they had to make an excuse for why they were eating. Nobody's judging you for what you're doing in your fast. Like that's <laughs> one of those wrong ways, I think, to do it. And and I'm not pointing my finger. I'm just saying like thinking like that, if you're, if you're one of those people who are like, this is a legalistic thing that we should do, it's wrong. It, it's right. the way that we fast should bring us closer to God and bring blessing into our life and not necessarily like money and, and all that kind of stuff, blessing, although that could pop up, anything can happen, right? God's a God of possibility of, of, you know, he can do anything. So um, I want to talk about what fasting actually is for. So would you like to share just a little bit about what fasting is actually for in, in your words? Like, what do you think fasting is for? Um, You know, I really think that fasting, a lot of people, get to a point in their life where they feel stuck. Yeah. And uh, so they say, well, I need to fast and pray so that I can get God in alignment with my plans. But really <laughs> what fasting is for is to align us with his plans um, and to get us to a point where we're in alignment with him. 100%. And so, yeah. And <laughs> It's not a conscious thought of thinking, I'm going to get God to do what I want him to do. It's not usually conscious because people don't think that way, but we do. We're like, okay, I'm stuck. I need breakthrough. I need my business to succeed, or I need to lose this weight, or I need to open this business. I need to know if I need to, if I'm supposed to move across the country. So I'm going to fast so that God can tell me what to do. But really what fasting is, is to align ourselves with him. It's not to get him to move. It's to get us to move 
in alignment with him. And so uh, fasting can be to gain wisdom. We see that uh, in Daniel, that he gains wisdom after fasting. Um, it can be to step into something new. Uh, Jesus fasted before he started his ministry. It can be to start a revival um, and to save a nation. Esther saved a nation um, and started a revival from fasting. And so there's lots of different outcomes that can come from a fast. And there's lots of examples <laughs> within the book. Yeah. Um, but it's really just to get us in alignment with God's plans and purposes. And um, in this world that we live in, there are so many distractions. And yeah. a in the Bible, a lot of what people fast is food. It is related to food. But we have in this tech, in this technological world that we live in, in the modern world, we have so many things that we can go to for comfort that isn't food related. Um, and so I am a strong believer that if you aren't feeling called to fill, to fast food, because a lot of people are like, well, I'm not going to fast that because I don't, I don't think I can do food is pray about it and ask God what you should be fasting and ask him, what am I going to for comfort instead of you? Yeah, it's good. And something will come to mind. A lot of people say, well, I don't hear from God that way. Well, you do, you just don't realize that it's God talking to you. Yeah. Um, and sometimes the answer doesn't come immediately. Sometimes it takes a little bit of time of praying um, and really being aware of how he may be speaking to you. He may be speaking to you in your dreams. Uh, he may be whispering quietly in your ear. Um, he might show you a sign. Literally, you might be driving down the street and see a sign from Chick-fil-A and it just stands out to you and it's like, oh, I need to fast Chick-fil-A or, you know, <laughs> something <Should>. random. <laughs> yeah, I really should fast all fast food. <laughs> yes. Um, but I think that whatever it is, if you just don't think that you're hearing from God, look at your life and what you're going to for comfort. A lot of times um, it's we think it's because we're bored, but we're distracting ourselves from something. And okay. a lot of time it's scrolling on our phones. Um, so we may need to put the phone away for 21 days or seven days, even three days. Uh, Cause I know a lot of people that's their job um, or just removing the app off of your phone. If it just is Facebook for me, it was Facebook was the problem. Um, and what God really was showing me in the season when I fasted Facebook was that I was going there number one, for distraction and to uh, for comfort, but it wasn't giving me comfort. It was in 2020, and I yeah, was no. I was getting filled with yeah. fear yeah. and dread, and I started thinking, I need to become a prepper. I need to start yeah. a garden. I need to get chickens. I need to. I live in the suburbs. I mean, it's not really a suburb. It's I live about a, uh, an hour south of Denver, but. Uh, in a small town, but it's a suburban type town. You know, we have the conveniences of Walmart and Target and all of the start. We have like 10 Starbucks in yeah. our little town. You know, we have the they take over everywhere of life. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I'm thinking that I need to get chickens and cows and buy land and start a garden. And, you know, I'm my, the fear and the dread 
of where the world was going really was taking seed in my heart. And um, I was, I just knew that it was, that was what was destroying my connection with God and my faith that I was, I was putting my faith and my trust in having a garden and that the chickens that I had would be the providers of our food and, (laughs) and a source of, of being able to trade and stuff like that. And I'm not saying that there's not wisdom in those things. There is wisdom in being prepared. And if God is telling you that you need to start preparing for whatever, then do that. But God was not telling me that the world was telling me that Facebook was telling me that. And it was coming from a place of fear. The spirit of fear was taking over my life. And that is where it becomes a problem because it was whatever it is that's distracting you from having a relationship with him is what you should probably be looking at fasting. And so it's not always food or it might be a particular time of day that you're eating that you're uh, that you need to fast. It may not be a full complete fast that you have to do. It might just be, uh, you know, that you skip breakfast and lunch and just eat dinner uh, but I also say to use wisdom behind it. If you have diabetes or other health issues, talk to your doctor and say, hey, I'm thinking about doing a fast, um, preferably a Christian doctor who understands why you would be doing a biblical fast. But God is your ultimate source of yeah. wisdom and knowledge. And and he's going to guide you on what exactly to do. Yeah. Yeah. I've done um, different fasts. I've, I've fasted like social media, like you're talking about, I've fasted, um, which is great. I'm glad we're talking about this. Cause it kind of leads into like, what are the different ways that we can fast? How do we do it? Um, you know, but I've also fasted, you know, um, all food and done just liquid. I've fasted coffee. I've fasted, I don't know, just other, other things. And I've fasted certain types of foods and I've done all the things, but I think that the, the, best way for, for me to fast is for me to give up the foods that cause brain fog distraction because foods can cause such severe brain fog, frog and not frog, but fog. And, you know, just being mindful of that eating is still so possible on a fast. Like there, like I talked about last week's episode, I talked about you know, doing the Daniel fast. That's so much food you can still eat. And people are like, if I don't have chips, what should I eat? And I'm like, oh, we have a bigger problem. You need to join the biblical body plan. Okay. We have a bigger problem. If you don't think that you can eat anything, if you're taking away processed food and sugar, join the biblical body plan. Cause it's not a good, it's not, that's not good. Okay. We'll work on your mindset, get you in a healthy place. Um, learn, you know, that there's other foods out there to, to maintain life and still enjoy it. And, uh, it's, it's interesting that you said that, what are you going to, to bring you comfort and comfort foods, are, you know, can be more than just chips. It could be Chick-fil-A. It could be brownies. It could be sugar. It could be coffee. Coffee is a comfort Mm -hmm. food for me, believe it or not. Um, It's not a food, but it's still something that I go to, to find, you know, just like a little hug in a mug. Like people call it a hug in a mug, but I'm like, yeah, that's not Mm -hmm. really healthy. It's not really healthy. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and I don't think you have to get so crazy analyzing every single thing like that. Like I do. (laughs) think you have to do that but um, i'm just wired that way so like there's no condemnation okay i'm just saying i'm wired that way and i think that that there's so many ways to fast where even if you are on medication 
you know, for diabetes, for instance, it'd be so great for you to fast everything except for fruits and vegetables. And even like a Daniel fast is no meat, but Hey, eat, you know, some good protein in there and, you know, have some meat if you want to, you know, some good healthy meats and, and just, you know, cut out the processed food. It can be just as simple as like, I'm not going to a boxed, I'm not going to eat out like at all, Mm -hmm. which could be really scary and hard for some people who live on convenience, but you can actually eat at home conveniently. And I'm going to give you an example of that. I actually spent uh, the first day of my fast, which was the 2nd of January, um, cooking for about mm, 10 minutes. And I have meals for the rest of the week. Not even kidding you. I did a big pot of soup with like a pack of like uh, frozen mixed vegetables and a big pot of soup. Now the Daniel fast says you can't have meat byproducts, but again, I'm not boxing myself into being legalistic. So I put, um, beef stock and vegetables in it. No actual beef, but Hey, it's great. I put whatever seasonings I wanted in there and I have this huge, you know, container or Tupperware container in my refrigerator of soup that I can eat for the rest Mm -hmm. of the week. And then I also did a stir fry on the side and that big stir fry was just other frozen vegetables that I had, you know, frozen, um, squash and, and sweet potatoes and just other things. I just threw it in a big pan and I put all these seasonings, some good olive oil in there, you know, and I have all this, these vegetable dishes that are nice and warm. And then I also, while I was doing that, um, I cut a spaghetti squash in half, put that bad boy in the oven, turn that thing on while I was doing the other stuff. So that takes an hour to cook. So you're like, well, you did it in 10 minutes, Catherine. I did because I walked away. Like the oven is cooking and I ain't doing it. Okay. So it it cooked for the hour. The timer went off. My daughter took it out. I didn't even do that part. And then I went in and later on when I was cooking dinner for my family, I scraped out the insides of the spaghetti squash, threw it in a pan. Put, you know, some spaghetti sauce, uh, like those, the spaghetti sauce that has like three ingredients in it or whatever, spaghetti mm-hmm. sauce in there, put my own seasonings in there, some frozen peas. Cause I'm weird. And I throw stuff together like that. I don't know. <laughs> like, I don't have to have a Pinterest recipe. Like the, I'm just telling you this because I want you to see that it's possible for you to actually do a fast and not give up food, but give up the foods that you feel like I can't live without that. If you know, there's right. a food in your life. If you're like, I can totally live without kale great. But can you say I can live without chocolate? I can live without fast food, Chick-fil-A, for instance, you said that I can live without Starbucks. No, I know a lot of people say I can't live without Starbucks. No way, Jose. And I'm like, yeah, you know, that's a, that's a problem. The the, the things you can't live without um, should be probably the things that you let go of. So I love that you said that. I think that's great. So there's many different ways to fast and the distractions like we prayed before we started this about distractions, because I could just sense the enemy distracting on so many levels, um, you know, mm-hmm. to try it so that we don't talk about this. But I think that fasting is super important. Uh, God thinks that it's important. So the enemy doesn't want us to talk about it. Right. Doesn't want us to talk about it. Right. And so that's why I love that you put this book out um, when you did too, and that you're talking about getting into the deep places with God in the book. And uh, when we're fasting, sometimes we, it's not necessarily that, we're giving up. I want to talk about some tools, okay, for fasting. But before we start talking about tools for fasting, I want to talk about just really quickly, some wrong ways to fast. And when I say wrong ways, I don't mean like the modality, I mean, the mindset for fasting. Mm -hmm. We talked a little bit about that just a little bit ago. But I want to just dive into if, for instance, if you're fasting, and you're only focused on 
if, even if you're doing the Daniel plan or paleo or keto, I don't care whatever in the world you're doing that you're, you're choosing as your fasting food, you know, plan. If you're spending all your time obsessing over that instead of prayer, you've missed the mark. Yeah. So yeah. I'd like to talk about exactly. some wrong ways like that. Um, mm -hmm. Do you have any like examples that you can share with us for, you know, some things to like, just be aware this could be a trap for you. <laughs> like, mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that really it's the legalistic part of side of it that really gets people the most. And that is um, usually when I fast solid foods, uh, I use I still have um, my bone broth. I will drink bone broth because it is so healing for our body and it's not going to keep me from um, connecting with God. It's going to give me clarity of mind. And it has fats and it has proteins and it keeps me going. Um, now, if God is saying do a complete fast, a water fast, that's completely different. Um, but I think really the legalistic side of it, um, let's say, for example, that in the middle of your fast, you're invited to a rehearsal dinner um, <laughs> for a wedding or something comes up in the middle. I usually su suggest trying to plan you know, what's going to be happening. If you know, you probably know a year ahead of time that you're going to a rehearsal dinner, but something comes up um, and you really don't feel like comfortable fasting during that time. You can order a bowl of soup or you can do, but getting into the legalistic portion yeah. of it is really the biggest trap. Um, thinking that God is going to get mad at you if, or the, the fast isn't going to work. Right. It's not a magic trick. Right. Um, yes. Yeah. I yes. think that that's really, you know, you think, well, I tripped up now. God's not going to move. And again, it's not to move. The fast is not to move God. The fast is to move you and seeing what it is that's tripping you up. Why do you feel uh, that, that, that sense of needing to stick to it? Uh, uh, is it because you're trying to remain in obedience to God because he told you to fast, or is it because you feel like you messed up? Um, and a lot of that comes back to uh, the connection and the relationship that we have with our father or whoever it is that we're connecting with God and that level during that mm -hmm. fast. So if you're connecting with God as your friend, what type of relationships in the past have you had um, with relationships with friends? If you're connecting with him as your father, what type of relationship did you have with your father? Those type, when the legalistic stuff starts coming up, then God can use that as a way of healing us from past hurts and traumas. Um, and so however it is that we're relating to God in that season in our life, um, look at those relationships that you've had in the past, because he may be highlighting that to you. Um, and that spirit of religion is popping up going, hey, remember you're... you're you, you have to obey your father. Otherwise you're going to be grounded and you're going to get spanked and you're going to disappoint him and all of the things that, you know, maybe have come up from childhood uh, beliefs yeah. that were instilled in us. And so uh, it's usually the spirit of religion that is mm -hmm. trying to get us to stick to the legalistic side of it is yeah. the biggest mistake that I see people make yeah. is allowing that to, to creep in yeah. and, 
the best example of that is Jesus in the wilderness. The Holy Spirit led him out into the wilderness during his fast. Satan came and he was quoting scripture to Jesus. Satan knows that's the spirit of religion and he knows scripture. And so when you start hearing scripture in your mind and saying, you know, well, Matthew says that we have to fast, you know, it says right in the book that when I'm gone, that you have, that you should be fasting, that the don't fast while the bride is here uh, or while the groom's groom bride is here. But when he's gone, then you will be fasting. Well, if you start hearing scripture quoted to you, is it God who's quoting that scripture to you or is it Satan quoting scripture to you? Because he knows the word inside yeah. and out and he will, and that's the spirit of religion who will yeah. get in there. That's good. That. Well, and you said that, is that, is it Satan or is it God? Like, is it Satan? Well, how do we know? Well, the, we know our father's voice if mm-hmm. we are spending time with him, just like I would know your voice anywhere. Cause I've spent time with you. Like we're, yeah. we're thousands of miles apart, you know, in the, in this world, but we've spent plenty of time talking. I know your voice. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, um, knowing the voice of the father is just simply by spending time with him, knowing his heart, knowing not just what the word says in the Bible, which is so important, but how does he sound? What's this character? You know, who mm-hmm. is God? You know, and and just truly understanding the heart of the Father, right? The that yeah. you would know his voice. You will know his mm-hmm. voice. And so it, it's yeah. just like in a crowded room, you know, if if you were to say something to or somebody says mom and there's a bunch of moms in the room, you know if it's your kid. Like you just know a crowded room, like you just know the voice of those that you are in the, the deepest connection, intimate relationships within your life, kids and friends, you know, close friends and husbands, wives, things like that. Um, so I think that that's really good. I love that you brought that up and just, um, something that I know I've been guilty of in the past and I've seen other people, you know, being guilty of, so to speak, is just getting distracted by all of the like you're saying legalistic and that's so true, like um, getting stuck in the, I can't eat this or I can only eat that or I'm, it's not going to work, but like getting stuck in the, I'm going to look up instead of being on Facebook, I'm going to delete that app and I'm going to delete Instagram. But now I'm going to spend all my time on Pinterest looking up Daniel fast recipes because I've got to follow this to the T. So I'm going to be doing that. No, right? Like, no, there's right. The, that that's defeating the purpose. And so I think it's really important to pay attention to that. And then also, you know, something else as we move into this and we're going to be wrapping this up here in just a second, but, you know, as we move into the tools that we can use to help us during our fast, sometimes fasting is, is scary for people, not because they don't want to give up something, but they don't know what to do in a fast. They're like, well, I, I don't know, like, how long do I have to stay in prayer? Like, how do I make it a habit? How do I make sure I'm spending that time where I would have been, you know, doing this other thing? in prayer. And so that is another big challenge that people have. And I think that it's, it's helpful to have tools. So for me, some of the tools that I use to help me is abide. It's a, it's an app. It's called abide Christian meditation. I use that in the morning. And then this is a habit for me anyway. So it's not like something I just have to do on a fast, but, um, I use abide in the morning. I use it in the evening. And, um, I also use different apps like the pause app and, and that's a free, that is a free app, the abide app. There's a paid subscription to that, but pause is free, um, where you can go through their 30 days to resilience. 
and just like, let that be the starting point for you to spend your next 10 minutes with God. Like, let that be the first 10 minutes to like prep you, prime you, get you ready. Um, those are some great tools that I use. And then I spend, you know, an additional five to however long I feel led to spend, you know, 30 minutes, sometimes up to an hour journaling, talking to the Lord about what he just revealed to me in the, like using those tools. So that's been helpful um, for me, but also using things like your book is a really super helpful tool, you know, taking that book and, and going through, even if you're not doing a 21 day fast, you could use that book, um, to just go through for 21 days and see what the Lord speaks to your heart about, even if you're not fasting, or even if you're fasting for three days or, or five days. So would you just take a few minutes and just kind of walk, um, the reader through what they can expect when they purchase your book. And by the way, I'm going to link that book for any of you who are like, how do I get this book? It's called Into the Deep. How do I get this book? I'm going to link that all in the show notes. You all will be able to go straight to Amazon, order and have it shipped to your house, um, you know, within if you have prime two days shipping, okay? So you can get it really quickly. But, um, and, you know, Amy is an amazing writer and, you know, prophet of the Lord. And I just, I know that you'll be blessed by this book. But if you would just explain just a little bit about kind of how to use this resource as a tool to enhance our moving closer to God and, and learning to have eyes to see and ears to hear. Um, would you just walk us through kind of how to use this as a tool? Absolutely. Yeah. So the 21 days of prayer is basically every day has a different theme. Uh, the first day is surrender and uh, giving everything to God, laying things at the foot of the cross. And each day is a page to four pages max of me just talking about what does the theme of the day mean and that was what I was journaling during my fast uh, was you know how do you surrender to God what does it mean to lay things at the foot of the cross what does it mean to give up control uh, and how do you do that and so the kind of the nuts and bolts of things but that is the not, not the most important part of it. Um, the, the most important part is getting into the word and in the presence of God. Mm -hmm. And so it's not a replacement for the Bible. And so the next page is a verse of the day. And then a from a verse to a chapter, depending on what it is that we're talking about that day, I want you to get into the Bible. Actually open your Bible and read. And I give suggested reading. And then I also have a QR code that goes to a Spotify list and each day has a suggested song or two to help you get into uh, worshiping God uh, mm -hmm. just to clear your thoughts and your minds and just spend some time in the presence of God. And then each day has a prayer that you can recite. And I recommend saying the prayers out loud when you can, uh, just because it puts enemy on notice of what you're doing, uh, because he can't read our mind. <laughs> and then when you're speaking that you're making declarations as well as you're saying the prayer. And then there's a, the last page of each day has a, a, a place where you can take notes and it has a daily reflective question of what's something that you can't seem to give up control on, uh, for example, might be day one. And so um, that's that is the basis of the book, but each day has a, um, a new theme and it's 
a lot of spiritual growth. It's accelerated spiritual growth through the process. I didn't realize that's what it was, but that's what my pastor, <laughs> what her feedback I was. was. Yeah, that was her mm -hmm. feedback to me. She's my mentor and pastor. And she said that uh, she's never read a book uh, besides the Bible that has so much information in it for spiritual growth. Okay. And yeah, and it really is, I, I don't want to take full credit uh, because it really is the connection with God and spending time with him that's, uh, that's the transformative part of it. Uh, I am just a guide to help get you there. And I know that that's the part that a lot of people struggle with is settling their mind for a yeah. few minutes. And what do I pray about? What do I, what, what worship songs should I listen to? And so yeah. this just provides a place for you to do that. I have set the table uh, for you and Jesus to sit down and have a conversation with. I'm like the, the server at the restaurant. I set the table and then I walk out of the picture. So it has nothing to do with me. It's a relationship with you and God. That's really the important part of the whole thing. I absolutely and love that, Amy, 100%. Y'all, I hope you hear her heart and what she's saying. As you said that, I just had this beautiful picture, this imagery of this table that you set and, uh, and then walked away from that. Yeah, that's, that's beautiful. Thank you so much for that. And you said something that I think is really important. You said, you know, like day one, what are you, what are you going to sit down and, and decide what, what do you need to give up control over? And the first word I asked myself that question in the moment that you said it, and I think that this would be true if you're human for pretty much anybody else, um, especially high-performing leaders. And that's really who I talk to the most is, is high-performing leaders, either leaders in ministry, leaders in their home, leaders in entrepreneurship, leaders in business, leaders in life. In general, like they just they are leaders, period, and they're super high-performing. So they're always like the last one to take care of themselves, right? But I think that the thing that you know is important to give up uh, you know, control of is the outcome. It's the outcome. What, yeah. what is it when you're sitting down before the Lord in a fast that you're hoping to get out of it, like release, relinquish, let it go. It's gone. Like the outcome, let it go. Like that was what I heard. Outcome, the outcome. Mm. You sit down with the Lord for, yeah. uh, you know, any, even in prayer, like if you're your normal, you know, five minutes, 10 minutes, 30 minute prayer time a day, whatever that looks like. If you go into it with an outcome in mind, I would just really consider uh, letting that go. The control of the outcome, mm -hmm. like it has to produce yeah. this outcome or else it's right. deep, failing waste of time, yada, yada, yada. Mm -hmm. It's really good. Yeah, that's true. Really good. Yeah. Yeah. One way to know that if you, uh, I, I, God showed me this picture, if that if you have a control issue is um, the, if you, if somebody else in your family loads your dishwasher, if you rearrange the dishwasher after it's been loaded, then you might have a control issue. That's funny. It's like, I was like, oh yeah, I kind of do that. That's and hilarious. So I, have, I know. Yeah. I've let go of how the dishwasher is loaded. And it's so funny because one of my daughters is so much more organized. I call her the adult of the family. Oh, <laughs> she's, she's so much more organized than I am. It's seven. She is, she has a better way of doing the dishwasher than I do, but I never opened my mind or my eyes or my heart to see that um, because the way I did it was the right way. And that's absolutely not true. And so 
that's part of this whole process too, is just seeing where maybe your thought process is not always right, that you, you may be wrong. And yeah, we don't tough. know that unless yeah. we're willing to allow God to tell us that. <laughs> like you actually might be wrong. Most of the time I am wrong. like, so that that's the thing. Like my me husband too. is the most precious person in the whole wide world, I think, but he is so sweet to never tell me when I'm wrong. But when I realize that I'm wrong, I'll go to him and be like, you know what? I really think I was wrong about that. He'll be like, really? And the way he says it is not condescending or mean or like, I don't just know, but it's always one of those things where I'm like, it still isn't fun to be wrong, even though he's not a jerk um, about it. You know what I mean? Like, right. so it's not fun to be wrong. And I feel like I'm wrong so much that, <laughs> um, you know, like in decision-making because of control, because of this idea that the outcome has to be a certain way, because I am also a high-performing leader because I have, I have like, I don't know, like this, I don't know, this like relentless tenacity, like I'm never going to give up. I'm never going to quit. I'm just going to keep going. And, and even if God's like, Actually, I like put 700 roadblocks in your way to keep you from going that way. And no wonder you're in pain. Like I mm -hmm. told you not to go over there, but you just kept pushing through. And so I'm like, oh, sometimes leaders, um, people can, can think of control freaks as leaders, but that's not necessarily true. Right. <laughs> I think a leader right. knows when to release and let go and yeah. they're not managers and they're not going over and micromanaging the dishwasher, for instance, like, oh, you didn't mm -hmm. do that right. Like. That's, that's definitely different. So I love that yeah. you shared that. I hope that y'all have gotten something out of this. You've learned something. God has spoke to your heart about something in some way um, in regards to fasting and relationship with him and hearing his voice and um, just releasing control of the outcomes and, and all the things. So I hope this has uh, really blessed you. I, I'm so thankful for this conversation that we had, Amy. Thanks for being here yeah, and just sharing. Yeah, absolutely. And y'all that are listening, I would love for you to go check out her book. Like I said, I'm going to put the link in the show notes. It's going to bless you so much. And there's going to be some other linked uh, resources down there for you. So make sure you check the show notes. If you're listening on podcast, if you're watching this on the YouTube channel as a podcast, um, just check the description and, uh, and all that will be there. But, um, if y'all liked it, please just, you know, just share this with a friend and, uh, and just share, you know, share your love with Amy. I'll put, um, ways that you can connect with her online. Is that okay with you, Amy? If I just put some yeah, thank you. links and stuff, that'd be great. So you guys can connect with her on, um, Instagram or in her Facebook group, uh, wherever she is. And you guys can, uh, reach out and ask her questions and find out more about her and her life and, uh, what God is doing in and through her to get the mes message to you. Um, so again, I hope you guys have been blessed by this. Thanks so much for listening in and we'll see you here on the next one. <laughs>